All right. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well today. We're learning Maseches Nadarim, Daf Mem Gimel, starting at the bottom of Mem Bezim Base, three lines from the bottom at a new mission. All part of the same theme, uh, the parak of Ein Bein Mudar, and the Mishnah writes as follows: Hamudar Hanome Chavero. If I am Madir Hana from you, Lo Yashilenu Lo Yishami Menu. I can't lend things to you, and I also can't borrow things from you. Lo Yilonu Lo Yilavemi Menu. Um, and not money, uh, and not with uh, not money in either direction, lending or or bar or, or handing out, lending or borrowing. I also can't sell things to. Now, there's already a question that should pop off the page: Is this a one-directional neder? And if it's one-directional, why should lending be a problem? If I'm the bavhana, like who cares? And um, there's nothing. There's no hana for me in lending. I'm losing an object. So that gemara is going to deal with that. And says the Gemara at the very top of Mem Gimel Amid I could understand how when a person takes a loan that there's a benefit. Why not? If I'm if I'm the lender, then who cares? Why? Not, not, I don't gain anything. And maybe we can even take it a step further. Even in that case, maybe we can say that I'll lend you money and still there's going to be a benefit. There are case scenarios that even when I lend something to you, I'm the one who's the beneficiary in a way. And the Rishonim write the example of, let's say I give you uh, coins and the coins that you return to me, even though they're the same denomination, but if they're in more of a mint condition, then their street value is a little bit better. I don't want your, your penny from 1963. I want your penny from 2022. Fine. So the Gemara here says that maybe I could even understand why there's a Hana there. But here's the part that the Gemara says that I don't understand in the Mishnah. Ella, four lines down. But when, when there's a She'ila, when you're borrowing something, then you have to give back exactly what you borrowed. So for sure you're not getting you, When you say by the coins, I gave you five silver coins, you gave me back five silver coins, maybe the ones you gave back are better than the ones I gave you, that's a Hana. But if I borrow your car... So like, there's no Hanun giving back your own car. It's your car. And now it has more wear and tear. It's for sure should not be a Hanun. So my Kamis Hanimine, and the Gemara provides two answers for this question as to why our Mishnah says that She'ela is not allowed in both directions. Again, we understand the one who's receiving the loan, uh, the, the lent item, that that's allowed, no problem. But why is it that it's us or for me as uh, I was, you're not allowed to benefit from, I'm not allowed to benefit from, no, you're not allowed to benefit from me. So therefore, it should work out just fine. The Gemara here concludes with two answers. Number one, Really, our Mishnah is multidirectional. It's numerous, uh, uh, me to you and you to me. And that's why our Mishnah explicated both cases in both directions. And Abaye Omar, no, really, it's one directional. But, Oh, that's a very interesting removal. You're right. When I lend to you, that's not a hana. But I'm afraid that if I lend to you, then it may go in the other direction as well. The whole Mishnah is like that. There's a gzera derabanan, even though technically it should work. We don't allow it. That brings us to our next Mishnah. Can I please borrow your cow? I have a big field. I want your cow to pull the plow so I can... Uh, you know, begin to set up for the season of planting. Omar Lo, and I, you you ask me to borrow my cow, and I say back to you, Omar Lo, any Pnuya. My cow is currently being rented. It's not available. Omar, I, you say in frustration, Konem, uh, Konem she, she, uh, I'm so tired. <laughs> it's not even a hard word. Thank you. It is a hard word. It could be, no. it could be read three different ways. Not when you prepared the daf four times today. <laughs> no, it's not hard at that point. Thank you. He takes a nether upon himself that he's never going to use this cow to plow. 
And then magically the rental was canceled and now the cow is available. So says the Gemara as follows, quarter of the way down. Im if I, the one who made this nether against your cow, if it's actually me who's going to be moving this animal, then who us, sir? Only I would be restricted from using this animal. But one of my employees would be allowed to. I was only restricting myself. However, if I'm never the one who plows, I'm the boss, I'm not the worker, and it's always going to be somebody else. So obviously my intention was not about me. It was a more broad comment. And that's the end of case number, uh, of that case in our mission. Here's the next case of our Mishnah. This case we've seen in Shas before. We saw this in Maseches Ksubis, that if a person is Madir Hanamechavero, so Ruvain says to Shimon, um, you know, you're not allowed to benefit from me. But then, then Ruvain, who has money, looks at Shimon, who's destitute, indigent, and he sees that he has no food. So what can Ruvain do to help Shimon? Because Shimon is not allowed to benefit from Ruvain. So Ruvain goes to the store, and he says to the store owner, Ish um, ploni should be mudar mimeni hana. Shimon's not allowed to get benefit from me. Whatever can I do? And he's speaking in code. We're similar to these kinds of things from uh, from Amir la'akum. Like, wow, it is so chilly in here. Wink. So the Gemara says over here, that's what Ruvain's saying. Shimon has an iser hana on me. I have money. He has none. Whatever shall I do? Ma'asem. So what does the chenveni do? The store owner says, So the store owner is allowed to give food directly to Shimon, and he can bill the tab of Ruvain. I, what about the Isra Hana? Shimon can't benefit from it. So this is considered to be indirect. That's part one is that it's indirect. And part two is that technically speaking, Ruvain could put his foot down and say, I never really made you my shliach. I only hinted and therefore I don't have to pay you back. So because technically speaking, Ruvain doesn't have to pay back the store owner in such a case. So therefore um, it's not considered to be a proper Hana. And similarly, Haya Beso Libnos, Shimon's house fell down, needs to be rebuilt. Gidro Ligdor, his fence broke down, has to be rebuilt. Sadehu Lixor, he needs his field to be plowed. Holy Chetzalapolim, what can Ruvain do? Because Ruvain has the money, Shimon has no money. So Holy Chetzalapolim, he can go over to the workers and say, Omer, Ish Ploni, Mudarmi Meni my friend Shimon. Uh, he's not allowed to benefit from me. And whatever shall I do? His fence is broken, his house is broken, his field is overgrown. What should we do? So the workers can do the work. Uh, they're, they are uh, conceptually shlichim, even though halachically they're not. They can do the work for Shimon and send the bill to Ruvain. Same exact rationale applies as it did in the previous case. Because Ruvain didn't exactly hire Shimon to be a shli- hire the workers to be a shliach, so therefore, technically speaking, Ruvain could be a jerk and say, yes, you did the work for Shimon, but I never really asked you to be a shliach and I'm not paying you back. And therefore, that's not considered a hanam. Next, this Gemara we also saw in a previous Masechta. Where did we see this? This must have been... Anybody know? Well, let's learn the case. No, saying the echad shumatan. So let's say the three of us are on a trip. Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Shimon has an Isra, now he's not allowed to benefit from Ruvain. So, um, but Ruvain is the one with all the food. So what happened? Sukkah. That was a long time ago. You're not normal. I mean, in a complimentary kind of way. That's 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 not normal. Well, let's get to the case. What? It's probably why there's no star. I have a I have a a, a, a Masora Sashas here, but it doesn't lead to what Benjamin was pointing out. To. I, don't 
I have one for the words um, no se no yeah, yeah, Oh yeah. So let's run the case. I was foreshadowing a little bit. So they're walking, Ruvain and Shimon and Levi are walking together. Shimon's not allowed to benefit from Ruvain, but Ruvain owns all the food. And uh, so he's allowed, no sein le'echad, le'echad or la'acher, depending on the girsa. So Ruvain can give the food to Levi and say, Levi, do your thing. And then he'll give the food to Shimon, no problem. And then Shimon can benefit from Levi. That's not a problem. If it's just Ruvain and Shimon, and Shimon is not allowed to be nene from Ruvain, and Ruvain's the only one with the food, Ruvain can take the food and put it on a rock while I get there, or on a fence. This food is completely mufkar, completely hefkar. I am completely mafkar this food, and anyone can eat it. And then, however, in this last case, when Ruvain and Shimon are alone in the desert, the Rabbi Yossi Oser. That's our Mishnah. So is it only in the last case there? Yes, it's only in that case. We'll see explicitly in the Gemara that that's the case. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he would... I don't... The real Rashi, probably, I'm just guessing, probably would never have done that. Because it's the next words of the Gemara. It's the next words of the Gemara. And even if it was Rashi, he'll say, you know... Lahalan, whatever he would have said, the common mafarish bigamara, whatever his lush is. But this was overly explicit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the Gemara asks this question on Rabbi See, we understand if you're being mafkir, then why can't Shimon benefit from you? It's not yours anymore if you're mafkir. So the Gemara says, my time Why is it that Rabbi says that when Reuven and Shimon are the only ones around, Reuven has the food, but Shimon has Nisra enough from Reuven, that he's allowed to take the food and put it on a rock, put it on a fence, and then be mafkir it? Why is it that he's Oser such a case? It says the Gemara, this is answer number one, which will be rejected. Kasavar, it must be that Rabbi is of the opinion that Hefkir is Kimatanov. That being mafkir something is similar to giving a gift to someone. Okay, what does that mean? Says the Gemara, four lines from the bottom, just like a gift, the transaction of giving a gift is not completed until it leaves my rishus and goes into your rishus. This language needs taiching. Does it need both? Does it need to leave my rishus and go into your rishus? Can I be kona and rishus arabim? Okay, not for now. It's a good question. Or... Uh, okay, so that's part one. That's by Matana. So maybe af hefker ad asil rishu zochet. So here, maybe we would say the same thing. If we say kasavra that hefker is like a matana, and a matana requires a uh, threshold to go over in order for the kenyan to take place of the matana, maybe we'd say the same by hefker. So it's very nice, Ruben, that you put it on the rock, but it's not mine yet. And if I pick that up now, I'm being nana from you because you it that it's not really hefker yet. So therefore, that's a hana. So that's maybe why the Gemara says Rabbi Yossi is Oser, and then asks the Gemara, hold on one second. We have a brysa that is really a perfect corollary to our Mishnah. Masiv Rabbi Abba, I know the following brysa, that in a case similar to our Mishnah, in a case where we have a uh, the food sitting on the rock and Shimon wants to take the food, Rabbi, uh, the Tanakhama says, Rabbi Yossi, Oser. But then... This brisa actually gives us more information than our Mishnah does. Our Mishnah ended with Rabbi Yossi Oser. We didn't know why. And we thought maybe Kasavar that Hefker is like Matana. Says the Gemara, I have a brisa that tells us exactly what Rabbi Yossi was thinking. Says the Gemara, I'm Rabbi Yossi, a Masai. When is it that I would say that it's Oser for Shimon to take the food off of the rock when Ruvain's mafkir the food? It's only true that we'd say it's Oser if the neder of Shimon, uh, Shimon, that he can't benefit from Ruvain, precedes 
the hefker, to be the being mafker. However, as we turn to the top of Mem Gimel Amid Beis, and we're going to go until three lines until the bottom of the page, but if the being mafker was done before the neder, so then then Shimon's allowed to benefit. And asks the Gemara on this brisa, which pushes against the sheet of Rabbi Abba. I don't understand. The Amris, if in fact it's true, uh, not Rabbi Abba, the, well, that wasn't Rabbi Abba's shita, the sheet of Rabbi Yochanan. If Rabbi Yochanan is right, that the reason why Rabbi Yossi is Oser is because Hefker is Kematana, then I don't understand. The Amris Ad Asi the Rishus Zoche, if it, what you're saying is that until the Hefker gets into the property of Shimon, it's still not Hefker yet, Mali Nidro Kodom Hefkero, Mali Hefkero Kodom Nidro. Who cares about the order of the nether? It doesn't matter. The transaction of being mafia, that item does not work. I don't care where you are. You're, it doesn't matter. If you're in a desert and there's no thresholds of my property and yours, you can't be mafia or something according to the shita. So how then does this brisa fit with the shita, Rabbi Yochanan? So Rabbi Abba answers the question. He asks the question and he answers it and says the Gemara, kol hanoder, when a person makes a neder, he doesn't even think about the things that he was already mafkir. And therefore, in our b'risa, when you're mafkir before the neder, it's totally out of your mind. And therefore, it's already like it's mufkar. We need some lambdas and rishonim here to understand exactly what that means, but that's what the Gemara effectively means. And that's how the b'risa can still make sense. Says the Gemara, Masiv Rava, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to read this line and it won't make any sense. And then I'll explain how the Rishonim explain what's going on here. Miktsas on the Rishon, Vechul on the Sheni. What's the case over here? So uh, I have two Abadim. And I am I give Miktsas on the Rishon part of my estate to Eved number one. And then Vechul on the Sheni. And then I give everything else that I own to the second person. Now, here's a, here's a knech. If I say to my Eved, you hereby own everything that I own, by definition, you're freeing the slave because you own the slave. So if you're giving the Eved everything you own, you're freeing the slave. Okay, with that piece in mind, let's look back at these, at these words again. Mixas on the Rishon, let's say that Chaim is the first Eved. You can have a portion of what I've given you. Now, in that portion, we're not giving him his own freedom. You can have the following 50 items from my property. No problem. But then when he says, when he says to the second slave, not Chaim, but Yaakov, he says to Yaakov, I hereby give you everything. So says the Gemara, and this language is not the language that we conclude with. The Gemara says, that's actually not our girsa. And in fact, look at the Ran. The Ran is on the fourth line of the Ran, outer margin. The girsa is at the end of that line. It's not like we have in our Gemara, Rishon Kana, Sheni Lokana, but rather, Sheni Zacha, Lishtabed Berishon. The second Eved now owns everything, including the first Eved. Yeah. Right? So this guy went from being an Eved to being a Baal in, in a double transaction. Let's repeat the case because it's confusing. I say to the Eved number one, to Chaim, you can have 50 out of my 100 pieces of property. Goodbye. But he's still an Eved. But he has, he has some ownership. Then I go over to Yaakov and say, I hereby forego all of my properties. You therefore own everything. The Gemara says that the first Eved is now owned by the second Eved. But that's a problem. Why? Because in the first transaction, I wasn't Mafgir, the first Eved. All I did was give him the 50 items. So according to the principle of 
According to the principle that Rabbi Abba laid out, that when a person makes a nether, he's not going to refer to things that he wasn't planning on transacting upon. So then that means that the first Eved should not belong to the second Eved. Why? Because that wasn't the transaction. My only transaction was on those 50 items, which means that I wasn't thinking about Eved number one, which means that when I'm now dialoguing with Eved number two, you can't own that previous thing because you shouldn't be included in the transaction. Second Evid shouldn't be able to own the first Evid, you're saying? Yes, correct. Because the Kavana for me of the Baal, it's not because of the Evid. It's because for me as the Baal, when I said you own everything, it wasn't talking about the Evid. It was only talking about the 50 items that I gave that Evid. So this is now a Kasha on Rebbe Abba. Rebbe Abba was under the assumption of Kol Hanoder, Ein Daitual Mashihivkir. But here, what does the Gemara say? That Evid number one does belong to Evid number two, which means that Rebbe Abba is wrong. Sophisticated question. It's a tough question. And the Gemara responds with a, an old story that we've learned about in another Masechta. You're right. Really, fundamentally, you're right. Really, fundamentally, it should work. Why is Rabbi Yossi Oser? Only on a technicality, only out of concern. Only because of a story that we learned about in Masechta's Ksubis. And the story was where a father and son had an Isra Hanah, and then the son was getting married. He wanted to invite his father to the wedding, but he couldn't because his father was Mudar Hanah from him. So what did he do? So Yitzchak was the son and Avram was the father. Yitzchak said to his best friend, he said, I'm giving you everything that I spent here. I'm, I'm giving everything to you so that my father can come to the wedding. I still want to have my wedding. I'm giving you all of the food and everything, so that you own the food, so that my father can come to the wedding and be nana from the food that you own. Now he can't be nana from me. And there was a big deal in there in the Gemara and in Masechus Ksubis. And the Gemara concluded that this is not considered an actual transfer of power because the transfer of power of all of the food in the wedding to, from, to Yitzchak's friend, whoever, Chaim, was only bitznai that it's only for his father. That's a, a conditional transaction and it doesn't work. So says the Gemara, that's what Rabbi Yossi was concerned about. Now let's look back in our Mishnah and plug this in. Rabbi Yossi was of the opinion at the bottom of our, at, at the Mishnah toward the bottom of Mem Gimel Amad Aleph, what was the case? Ruvain has the food. Shimon has an Isra Hana from Ruvain. What's the Mishnah's suggestion? Take the food from Ruvain. Ruvain is going to put the food on a rock or on a fence. And he's going to be mafkir. What's his language? Anybody who wants it can take it. Rabiosi says no. Why does Rabiosi say no? Because maybe when he's mafkir the food, he's only being mafkir the food so that, so that Shimon can have it. That's not a good transaction. And if it's not a good transaction and, and Shimon eats that food, he was nana from Ruvain. That was his concern. And we learned it from the case of Beis Choron. We're going to stop right here, three lines from the bottom. We'll pick up tomorrow near Hashem with a blot and a half on, no, what? Yeah? yeah oh, gosh. Okay, so then we'll do Mem Dalid. Uh, we'll finish the parak. Three short amudim. We'll finish the parakimir Tashem, and then we're uh, back to Shabbos. Well, we could probably learn four blot tomorrow if we really wanted to. This is how we like it. Wishing you all a beautiful night. I just want to ask one question.